I don't think there's any need for me to go any further, is there, sir? No. Means, opportunity, motive. And I thought I'd perform the perfect murder. Perfect murder, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. There is no such thing as a perfect murder. That's just an illusion. Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. all and welcome to another exciting episode of Billy Joel A to Z and I'm not saying that sarcastically today. Today we get to discuss I'm just going to say it I think one of the most interesting songs Billy Joel has ever written. Today we are talking about the title track off his most famous album The Stranger. The song The Stranger was the second song off of his incredible fifth album released September 29th, 1977, and only released as a single in the always hilarious Japan, where it was a smash hit and went to number two. The song, The Stranger, only reappears on Billy Joel Greatest Hits Volume 1. Greatest Hits in Japan. I guess that's how they were going. Their Greatest Hits selection. That album is so just making me so angry, more so than the My Lies album, Alon. Which, by the way, Alon, this song is not even. I mean, it's it, they have they don't even put when everybody has a dream is on the My Lives compilation album. They do not put the reprise at the end of Everybody Has a Dream on the My Lives compilation album. Weirdos. That's so ridiculous. And also, there's a really cool demo of this song, which we'll talk about. That would have been perfect for the My Lives. So agreed. I can't even stand it. In fact, why don't we just go there now? The demo is terrific. I I have written in my notes, why is it not on my lives? It's like a samba piece. It's uh, it starts off with a small drum machine called a rhythm ace, right? Yeah, yeah. That we hide away forever We take them out and show ourselves When everyone has gone Some are soft, some are hard Some are silk and some are leather They're the faces of a stranger But we love to try them on And the whole song is there already but it's just a different kind of beat to it. And that is the fascinating stuff we like. Why isn't it on the My Lives album? It's really inexplicable. I mean, you're right. It's Samba is the best word for it. Because I was thinking this is like a bossa nova beat. And that's what's going on here. It's like this weird, he still he still was in that zone of his career where he was into that whole like Brazilian sound. So weird. And it's so strange because he sings it softer. He's almost whispering the lyrics. 
which makes it sound even more sinister than the actual song is, which is already like kind of a sinister sort of evil sounding song. There's something strange about this version, which is really cool. What What are you saying? There's something strange about the stranger? <laughs> it's, there's something weird about the weirder. And I was, I was going to also say that there's also in the demo, this organ is like so prominent, which you don't have so much in the main version, or maybe not at all, even it's all it's guitar based. The demo is this organ sound, which sounds like a, I don't know, it sounds like Riders on the Storm or something. It's just kind of cool. It's like a whole different song, similar, very almost the finished version, really, but just like a completely different take on it. That's why I like the the revise the uh, reprise at the end of the album adds strings to it, which you know makes it a, a little different and a little bit more epic. And it really is like, as we've been talking about, a real movie soundtrack. I mean, it goes for two minutes. surprising reprise but it we've we've been saying over the past couple weeks that billy joel should have done a movie soundtrack because we've been hearing a lot of his stuff and and this is right there you know when you add the strings in it really gives the album the epicness that it is let alone having a reprise yeah no no it's totally good and it's it's like um it's what he's been trying to do in all of his albums which is to have like a theme that runs through it so he'll come back to some of the sounds from earlier later on so, um, it, yeah, it's like it's very much like a movie theme. Right. And I think he's talked about how it was like he's envisioning that stranger theme to be like a guy walking down a dark street at night, a rainy street in Paris or something of that sort of nature. I want to get to that in a second. Let's go back to the rankings because they're well, how does Joe Pesci say it? Uh, as your eyes got, uh, let's just say you, you get a thick of prescription as your eyes keep getting out of whack. The rankings today are out of whack why don't you take a guess what christopher bananos out of 121 billy joel songs believes the stranger is in the ranking okay so you're saying glenn gamboa or chris one of them likes it one of them does not like it is that the issue one of them likes it a lot less than the other okay all right so i'm gonna assume that bananos is the one who likes it less and i'm trying to think how low he could go and be reasonable here. And I think the the lowest reasonable ranking that you could give this song is 57. This, this is so funny, Alon. You're so funny. You hit the number exactly. You just have the wrong guy. Oh, I get you the Glenn Gamboa number. My yeah. notes are messed up. Oh, no. It was unbelievable. You hit, it is 57 Glenn Gamboa. I mean, it's amazing. Your, your, your strategy was amazing. Just with the wrong guy. He says, though most people remember The Stranger for the whistling and the ooh-oohs, it really stands out as a savvy bit of advice about allowing yourself to be vulnerable in an open relationship. That's all he says. But I don't know why he has it so low. So Christopher Bonanos has it at 16. Very high. Oh. 
I just wanted to say, like, if, if I was going to pick what the highest reasonable number could be, I was going to say about 17 or 18. So wow, you, well, you're on your game. The weird part is that Christopher Bonanno says, even though he clearly likes it a lot, 16 is very high. He says a little self-conscious, a little arty, that whistled intro on multiple re-listenings. I have expected to find it annoying, but it's not. It's aged better than you'd think. And I got to say. I'm in complete agreement with that. It has aged better. It's one of those songs I think as Billy Joe fans, we never listen to. It's just not the ones it doesn't come up on your, you know, Amazon. It's it's just one of those songs you just don't hear very often. They don't play it in bars. And when you're we're listening to it on a show like this, where this is what we do, it's exciting again. I'd forgotten. Man, once that whistling stopped and they hit it with the drums and go into it. I was singing along and I'm like, man, this song really rocks. Yeah, it's it's a great song. And you forget because of the whistles and it's got all that going on. That, that it's a hard edged, funky song. Yeah. And when the guitars come in and the drums, like it rocks really hard. Yeah. He almost could have released this as a single. I'm surprised that he didn't. I mean, I guess there's so many other songs to release as singles from this album, but this is one of those classic record label songs where they could say, we're just going to cut the intro and the outro and have a song that's three minutes long and just hits you right away with the funky guitars. And that would have been a hit. I was going to say the exact same thing. And maybe he was like, no, I don't want you cutting the intros and the outros. So, you know, it it, it was probably, uh, I mean, the fact that they released it in Japan is so weird. I guess they said, well, there, we'll just leave it the way it is. And they'll accept it, which they did, because nobody had heard anything like it before. And here, yeah, he probably just, because you're absolutely right. Why? Why not do that? But I guess he had his integrity. This is the first, you know, his real album that, you know, he probably just said, no, I want to I want to do it this way. This is the way I want it. Yeah. And I'm, I not, wonder, I'm not cutting it down to 305. He, he made could finally take a stand. Yeah. I wonder if Japan, maybe something with their market where it's like, look, if you have an album called The Stranger, it'll do better if you also release the song called The Stranger. Like it's some kind of like psychological thing where it's like in Japan, this is what happens. You have to release the song by the same name as the album. That'll really help sales. And that's why they did it. Well, in Japan, you remember the hand can be used as a knife, but not (laughs) with a tomato. (laughs) In Japan, the hand can be used like a knife. But this method doesn't work with a tomato. That's why we use the Ginsu. It's a knife that no kitchen should be without. No, the thing (laughs) is, so, okay, so let's, uh, oh, by the way, the fans rank this out of 121 songs at number seven. Oh, wow. I'm really surprised. Yeah, but you know what? It is a fan favorite. Um, So why don't you just tell us? Let's just just tell me now. Does he ever play this in concert? I mean, we may be in the 70s, but I mean, lately, I'm going to say after 2000, has he ever played it? Yeah, actually, it's got a decent amount of plays. So it's got an interesting story. It's been played 149 times. It's the 36th most played song. But generally, since the 90s, when he would play it, it would always be if he was in Japan, like because of Japan, it being a big hit. Right. And he even says in one of the 98 concerts in Japan, he opens up the song by saying, here's a song that we normally don't do in other countries, but we always do in Japan. Now, besides that, he has played it in the U.S. in the last 20, 30 years, not a ton. Like since 2016, he only played it four times. And he actually played it three times in 2020, in January, February, and March. So it was back in the rotation, and then the pandemic hit. So I wonder if 
if that didn't happen, if there was no COVID, if he would have continued with that? Because since COVID, he has not brought it back at all. Man, I don't know why, because I would say if I was sitting at that concert and now I've gone twice, I would really enjoy hearing that and definitely consider it ironically a deep cut, even though it's the title of the most famous album of all time. Boy, wouldn't that be fun? Everybody would be so psyched. You know what? Maybe he has. Well, he probably doesn't do it. I mean, maybe he has a problem with the whistling. I mean, <laughs> or he has somebody yeah. to do it, I guess, at this point. I did whistle research on this, actually. I thought I found this whole thing fascinating because my initial thought was like, even if you lose your, your ability to sing high notes, you should still be able to whistle. OK, I think that doesn't that's not the same thing in your voice. I think an old guy could still whistle in a high note. But Billy Joel, if you look at his videos from the 2000s, he's not whistling. Mark Rivera is doing the whistling. So I kept going back farther to see when this stopped. And in 98, Mark Rivera was whistling. In 91, Billy was still whistling. So that's the last time, 1991, oh, when Billy gave up on the whistle. And also during the uh, that bridge section, when it's like a falsetto voice, mm-hmm. since 91, Billy has always had Crystal or whoever other female singer was on tour with him uh, doing the high note, and he would kind of do the lower register there. That makes so much sense. Yeah. But that kind of yeah, makes he... it a little bit more disappointing, right? If you saw it live in 2022, you want to see Billy whistle, and then all of a sudden it's Mark Rivera. You're like, eh. Well, again, seeing him do it live in the 70s and watching him whistle this, you're just as fascinated as watching him play the harmonica and the piano at the same time. I mean, the fact that you can whistle so clearly and perfectly live, that's such a hard thing to do. That's amazing. But let's look at how this came about, which I'm sure you know at this point, it's a Phil Ramone thing. He was basically playing it for Phil. He goes, you know, let me, I'm going to whistle it and you tell me what instrument goes in here. And then Phil was like, what are you talking about? You just did it, dummy. And he's like, what? No, you got to keep the whistle, keep the whistle. And he's like, I never thought about that. And boy, does it, it's still, it's just so interesting. And we'd never heard anything like that before. It's one of those classic, like in the studio stories, you know, where it's like, it's almost like the more cowbell sketch on SNL. You know, where the producer just has like the vision and you don't even think about it as the musician. And it's like, that's the thing. You got it. Well, it can also it's one of those things where you really got to trust. And remember, this is the first album he's doing with Phil Ramone. And it's one of those things where, like, you know, if this was 52nd Street, you would totally trust him. But you're coming off producing your own album. And then this guy's like, yeah, just do that. You know, like, I mean, we don't know how it was presented, but if he was just like, yeah, just keep that. That's fine. We got it. We got it. Don't worry about it. You know, it could go. It could go both ways. <laughs> right. Because if you're you know, Billy, you might be thinking, like, is my producer just really lazy? He's just like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah that was good. Yeah, take exactly, one. We got that's it. what I'm saying. Right. Because he, he's getting pretty fat. He's getting fatter by the minute. So he seems pretty lazy. And he ate all that pasta at the Supreme Macaroni Company. And <laughs> seems like he only was supposed to go to dinner all the time. I, I don't know. Billy's like, should we do one more take? No, no, no. It's lunchtime. Let's go over yeah. to the macaroni place. <laughs> exactly. So it's. I guess they both knew even, you know, I guess Billy at, at the time just was like, you know what? That, I hadn't thought about that. That's not bad. But it is definitely one of those things that could go incredibly wrong. If you, you know, one whistle away from just it sounding cheesy, as Christopher Bonanos even says, a little arty that whistled intro, it, but then it becomes arty. But it is one step away from sounding stupid. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's also funny. I wonder, because we know Liberty DeVito is such a hothead, 
Yeah. If when Billy Joel brought the song in, if he was like, okay, so here's this beat I got from the, what was it called? Oh, the rhythm ace. From the rhythm ace. <laughs> that Liberty wouldn't be like, are you freaking kidding me? I, you want me to like replicate a drum beat you found on some freaking machine? Yeah, I could tell. Totally Liberty change. DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> Liberty DeVito, damn it. <laughs> I want to talk about the whistling again. I'm going to go back to it, but I just want to tell you, this is another song that, that I found I didn't know existed when I was in college. There's so many experiences where I just, you know, I guess that's where I, and like a lot of other comics kind of discovered Billy Joel more, you know, we knew about him and we knew the songs, but then the, the deeper cuts, you know, came later in college. So I remember it was my, I think it was my freshman year. Maybe it was sophomore year. Some guy that was on my floor told me to come down. He was a TV and radio major or something. And one of the projects they had to do was a drama piece and direct a little bit of a, a sketch in a TV show. So he asked me and my friend Claudia to come down and be in this thing to act in it. Mm-hmm. And they just, I remember the script it was a horrible script. It was just, but it was a drama, but the opening of the drama was this song, you know, like with the whistling and then you were, uh, you know, then, then the drama took, that's how it opened and closed with the whistling of this song, which I didn't know. I'm like, what is this song? You know, it was one of those things. And, uh, He's like, it's Billy Joel. I'm like, this isn't Billy Joel. Don't be ridiculous. Billy Joel does that uh, just the way you are thing. That that that, that ridiculous nonsense with that uh, that, that girl. Uh, with that girl, Elizabeth Webber. No, it, it just, I didn't know it was Billy Joel. Once again, you know, it's like when I heard The Entertainer, I'm like, what is this? Or Billy the Kid. I'm like, I don't understand. What, this is that same guy that does, you know, uh, moving out? It's a yeah, whistling right. thing? So I so I remember doing the sketch and it was good and it's it's on video somewhere on the planet you know it's not like it doesn't exist if I called this guy Dennis I'm sure I could find it somewhere I uh, I remember the really funny part was I was trying to be an actor you know so I was like really excited to be in something he was like oh I was like how did your thing come out he goes it came out good uh, I was told you you did the most with the crumpling of the paper <laughs> something I was like crumpling I'm like well this is this isn't going to work. And I crumble in the paper and then walk away. And he goes, you're apparently you did the most. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a trained actor. So yeah. it made sense. But uh, all I remember about that, and I guess the reason why I remember it in my head is that song going, we kept doing it over and over again with the opening of the whistling of the song. We could hear it in the studio. It wasn't just like behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, at one of the points, it's like, you know, and action. You know, one of the points in the whistle. Because it never got to the it never got to the the beat. Yeah. So it was just the whistle. And so I never and then, you know, and then it would end with that in. I mean, it was a really great opening and ending to a sad piece. (laughs) You know, that's the thing. And then and then when I heard how it goes after that, like when I either when I went home or I don't know, another time, because I didn't have the album, I, I was so surprised. Isn't that one of the lyrics? Why were you so surprised, right? <laughs> yeah. Why were you so surprised that the middle of The Stranger is a funky, cool song and not a wistful <laughs> walk down a dark alleyway? And, let, and let's talk about that. Let's let's bring up the lyrics, if you don't mind. Yeah, the lyrics are very cool. Uh, they're nice- so cool and they really flow and they're really well-written lyrics and they flow as good as a rap song. 
<laughs> yeah, I can almost imagine Billy Joel in his rap phase with his baseball cap backwards in 1991 <laughs> rapping this like he did for Big Shot. No, but they just work. Well, we all have a face that we hide away forever. We take them out and show ourselves when everyone is gone. Some are satin, some are steel, some are silk, and some are leather. They're the faces of the stranger, but we love to try them on. Yeah, I mean, over, right away, you get a sense of what this song is and what it's about. Like, I think it's this isn't one of those where, like, where, like what's the deep meaning? Like, you get it. Like, it's about showing your true self, how it, sometimes you reveal yourself or someone else reveals themselves. And other times you're kind of wearing this mask in public. What I don't like about this lyric is that some are satin, some are steel, some are silk, and some are leather. That feels very 70s to me to talk about, I don't know, satin and leather. Yeah, that's an excellent point. You're probably right. That doesn't age well, but it is. It was very 70s. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Well, we all fall in love, but we disregard the danger that we share so many secrets. There are some we never tell. Why were you so surprised that you never saw the stranger? Did you ever let your lover see the stranger in yourself? And that last line I hate because it doesn't rhyme and it makes me angry, but it's still great. Well, it kind of rhymes because we never tell and yourself. Yeah, is no, the you know what I'm saying. For there. But I like that it's a, a question mark at the end. You don't see that in a lot of lyrics. Yeah, I like that he turns it around on the person saying like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like your, your significant other or whoever is like you found out she's like a real bitch or whatever. But did you ever realize that you might also be also kind of a, a dick? You know, no. like look inside yourself. You realize that you have these same bad attributes. Then this part, I, I don't really care for the part. Don't be afraid to try again. Everyone goes south, uh, you know, but that's a very, like you said, 70s kind of thing that they were doing back then with the high notes and, you know, whatever. So I, I get it. Just, just I don't think it holds up in the song itself at this point. Uh, how do you feel about that? Um, yeah, it's kind of the going falsetto there. Um, it feels a little odd in the song i guess it doesn't hold up perfectly yeah. well okay i'm glad we agree but it's okay yeah right would, no it's okay it's just yeah it just i feel like it just kind of i'm ready for more of the rest of it you know once i used to believe i was such a great romancer then i came home to a woman that i could not recognize that's great when i pressed her for a reason she refused to even answer it was then i felt the stranger kick me right between the eyes you could totally bring this to a poetry slam it would be awesome yeah that that might be the best verse in the song i, it's I agree got a lot of things i like a lot about it the twist at the end I, then i felt the stranger kick me right between the eyes yeah i also like him using the word romancer which you don't hear a lot yeah me too it's great it's much better than the uh i'm gonna keep making love to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm gonna keep romancering you there's gotta be a better way to write that so which he did 30 years before that. So then it goes to the last verse, which is great that it kicks back in again. There's one more verse. You may never understand how this, like it ends, it ends. The song ends. It's an ending. It's amazing. You may never understand how the stranger is inspired, but he isn't always evil and he is not always wrong. Though you drown in good intentions, you will never quench the fire. You'll give in to your desire when the stranger comes along really terrific lyrics in a really great musical song and it just it's beautiful this i mean obviously we'll talk about this when the album's finished with paul but to open with you know you could have opened with this song and this could have started the album and it would have made sense but i love the fact that there's a song before it this is the second song of the album right yeah i like how oh, you okay. <laughs> 
You were checking too, or it's, no? It's funny when like you have like you're in the middle of a set. Like I do this also, where like you have a thought and and it's like you know 100 percent that it's right, and then halfway through you're like, wait a second, I could be completely wrong about this. <laughs> right. Let me make sure. So okay, yeah. So it's beautiful that this is the second song because this describes you know the album and and what you get. You know, I was like, why is it called the stranger? And now we kind of know why it's called the stranger, and it you know just fits. But I love that it opens with a different song, goes into the meat of the album. And then that reprise or reprise, however it's pronounced. Oh my God, that's just really wraps an album up that should have won it all, but this came out of nowhere and they weren't ready to nominate Billy. And this is, this is exactly why 52nd Street won it all because this should have been the one. This Stranger song makes the album. It just clicks it together. Yeah, I can't believe I can't wait until we can talk about the whole album as a whole. Yeah. But I know we're not ready yet to get to the album wrap, wrap up, but I do have a theory about why this was not the first song, which I'll save for that wrap up. Oh, oh, OK. Not I won't give it today because it's a really short theory and it's not well researched, but okay, cool, cool. <laughs> I'll save it. Some of the lyrics that I like going back to the lyrics for a second. I really like the phrase disregard the danger. I just has a, it's a really small alliteration, but it sounds good. Got a hard edge to it. Well, I wanted to say you, you had mentioned at the beginning about what it's supposed to be uh so we know the 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 plan of this song was supposed to be it's it, this is his exact quotes it's a kind of a french theme like the umbrellas of cherbourg kind oh, of, of sound yeah that's good Love the it. sound of a man walking down a parisian street at night and the streets are all glistening from rain i wanted that kind of move also almost like an orson wells the third man kind of vibe here's the thing what he's talking about what did you say before that he it's a song like the guy in the fog or something didn't oh here it is the song starts out with a wistful piano prelude and billy whistling billy has said that he pictured a solitary man walking down an empty street in the night in a trench coat coat collar turned up and disappearing into the fog then the sting of an electric guitar rips apart this image now wait till you hear what i have to say <laughs> uh -oh. and you can only be of a certain age to understand it but i believe he got this whole idea from this legendary TV show that was on a plenty of time. It stopped airing in 1977. It was aired from 71 to 77. I have the, had the theme in my head for all these years. And the image is a, a, a lone man with a flashlight walking through whatever, some kind of fog. And it's almost a whistle. So I believe he was watching this as everybody was a very popular show. We are talking about, and uh, in, in, in layman's terms, because more people might know this, the opening to Columbo with Peter Falk. Okay. Oh, no. Yes. So this is a, a TV show called the NBC Sunday Night Mystery Movie. And it was, and as you say, umbrella package, because he just mentioned something about that, of three different movies so they would they would rotate the nbc sunday mystery movie you know included colombo mcmillan and wife with rock hudson uh mcleod mccoy it was that joke that they had all those uh things with the mix in it it also included uh quincy came from that and with uh you know jack klugman and me and attell's favorite lanigan's rabbi Lanigan's <laughs> okay. Rabbi. Yeah, with Art Carney. 
So uh, it was, and the funny thing is, I knew exactly what Lanigan's rabbi was because my mother made me read these books as a child called uh, the where Rabbi David Small was a rabbi. They, you know those books. Uh, it started with a Friday the the what was it for Saturday the rabbi went hungry. Friday the rabbi slept late. Yeah, my so, dad had those. Yeah. Right. Everybody's dead. So I used to read them, too. And then they made that into a series with Art Carney as the detective. Tell and I bond. David Tell and I bonded on that when we first met because nobody knew about Lanigan's rabbi. You know, it's nothing funnier than McCoy, Colombo, McCormick, you know, McMillan and wife and Lanigan's rabbi. <laughs> it doesn't make any and sense. And Shloimy Finkelstein. <laughs> so it was a rabbi who was a detective also. Yes. He solved crimes. It's, so would it, it's, would it be like uh, it was like a Thursday afternoon and the lady's like, my, my child is missing. You have to help me. And he's like, well, Shabbos is tomorrow. So I'll pick this up in about three days. Well, yes, it was. No, it was more like he his detective work was taken from the Talmud and the things he learned in the Talmud. That's how he solved the crimes. <laughs> it was really oh, funny. And so Saturday, the rabbi went hungry, took place during Yom Kippur. Mm. <laughs> there was, you know, the, he finished the whole week. And then I think he went on after that too. Rabbi David Small, I'll never forget. But, all right, I'm going to share with you now. Now, folks, you're going to need to go on YouTube yourself and see the image. But I'm going to play it for a long, but you will be able to hear the music and the kind of almost whistling that it is in this promo, which I believe led to this song. Are you ready, my friend? I'm ready. Like a whistle. It's a little more upbeat. Well, yeah. But no, look at the guy in the back with the flashlight. This is the image he was thinking. But the best part is the ending. Starring Peter Falk as Columbo. <laughs> All right. Well, my thoughts. I, I see it. I, I see what you're saying. It's like it's the same thing, but a little more upbeat because of the well, yes, whatever. yes. And that sound that sounds like a whistle. It sounds a lot like the sound in the Entertainer, also. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Now remember, this came out before all that. I mean, it went through all that, but it was on every week. It was extremely popular. And everybody knew that theme. And it was just, I mean, I used to whistle it. Or I used to go, because it sounded like a whistle. And it's the guy with the flashlight. I mean, it's, he, he had to be affected by it. It's exactly what he was talking about. We just made it better. Yeah, there's something there. It, it seeped into his brain a little bit. Yeah. First thing I thought of when they told me what the whistling was supposed to be. A man in the hat with the flashlight. I'm like, oh, my God, he's talking about the NBC Sunday Night Mystery movie. <laughs> the stranger starring peter folk <laughs> tonight art carney in lanigan's rabbi lanigan's rabbi what the fuck <laughs> whenever i feel afraid i hold my head erect and 
whistle a happy tune so no one will suspect I'm afraid. Okay, so normally this is our trivia portion, but you know, I said to Alon, who is a stickler for organization, and I am too, and and tradition. But I thought, you know, we're doing we do 200 episodes. It's okay once to go off the path. So we've decided in this episode, in lieu of trivia, we would do a whistling contest and try and whistle the opening theme. A lot, you know, one of us will go first and the other will go second. And you guys tell us on Instagram who has the better whistle. And it is tough. Also, I am hungover, so my mouth is really dry. And it already excuses. Oh. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I know because I'm like trying. I woke up and I'm like, oh my God, why did I, I forgot we were doing this today? Do you want to go first or should I? Yeah, I'll go first so you could wet your whistle. Okay, <laughs> You're like, perfect. Uh, yeah, so I just ate a lot of uh, saltine crackers and I have no water because <laughs> the building shut so, the water off and I had some cinnamon. Okay, so you can go as slow as you want to hit the notes uh, and just, you know, finish it and then we'll just decide. I mean, you know, there's going to be parts where there's the wind's going to come out. We're not, I mean, unless you are perfect at it. Well, I guess we'll see. seemed pretty good you know again we were talking uh for over zoom we can't hear it as much but we also record on this other platform where you know be able to judge it sounded pretty clean alon from here all right i'm gonna put some i'm gonna try and put some flourish into it too all right There was too much breath. I could tell. I mean, you know, what's funny. I, I was like at, before when I was practicing, I'm like, oh, this sounds really good. And then, of course, when it comes down to it, I can't get it done. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Zero percent of that came through on Zoom. So for me, it was like it was this dog whistle, basically. Oh, <laughs> the hardest part, obviously, is the high note. And usually what I do yeah. is I'll, I'll do that one breathing in, which is what I did this time. But it's a little bit of a shakier. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I tried to breathe it in. It does. I can't hit that one. And that's the thing. So if I'm, if I might be able to hit that note as a younger man, I mean, you don't think that is a cause of being older or something? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the science is, like how your vocal cords changing could affect the whistle. Because the whistle to me feels like a whole different thing versus like however you're, like a girl whistling, wouldn't it sound the same as a guy whistling, even though their voices are higher? Hmm. Interesting. I don't know how he does it so flawlessly every night in concert back in the day, or quite frankly, how Mark Rivera does it all the time. I mean, maybe that's probably why they don't play the song. 
when I heard Mark Rivera, when I heard uh, the first one I watched from like the 2000s was from 2006. And I thought it was just a recording. I thought he was just playing a recording. And then another video is where we, we see Mark Rivera doing it. I was like, wow, that guy's really good. Wow. Yeah. Well, he, he, is. he nails it. Yeah. Like I said, um, when I saw him at concert, he was playing harmonica. A lot of it. I didn't know he did that. He's a very talented man. He's, he's so good. Very handsome fella. And lucky him that he gets to whistle because this is one of the best whistle songs there is. I, I would put this in my top three songs to whistle. It's funny that he didn't uh, think of Toots Fieldman at that time. Toots Fieldman. What is it? Toots? Toots Fieldman. Right. Right. Yeah. What, I wonder if one of those concerts when Toots was around, if they also did The Stranger and said, How hey, would you come not? Why would you bring that in for one to bring the guy, this most famous whistler of all time? You have him come in, play the harmonica for leave a tender moment alone. You don't have him. Play. Hey, Toots. I, I just let, let alone you always want to say, hey, Toots, let's stick around for a good old stranger. Oh, yeah. Oh, OK. Maybe he was embarrassed. Like his whistling is so subpar that he didn't even want Toots to know that he whistled on a song. But that's what I'm saying. You have Toots whistle. Yeah, but then Toots would hear like, well, what's the song? And he would hear it and be like, this sucks. Yeah, Billy, I don't mind telling you I heard your whistling and it's uh, it's an embarrassment. Um, that's why you probably didn't win the Grammy. That's the reason. Toots, yeah. Toots holds a lot of sway with the Grammy voters. He Toots was a very angry man. Very angry man. Just be, being named Toots really bothered him. Hey, Toots, <laughs> how are you? Hey, you're okay. Hey, Toots, sing yeah. that song. Whistle that thing again. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield just tormented him constantly. That's right. All right, Alon. I, I, you know, I'm going to say I think this is an easy one to parody because the lyrics move and it's easy to rhyme. I think if you don't start with the whistling, you should be in good shape. What does Weird Alon have for us today? Okay, so my song today is called "The Changer," <laughs> uh, which will make more sense, I think, in the, in the song itself. Does it take place in a dressing room? No, that'd be funny, right? Mm. Billy Joel's peeping through the. <laughs> Um, I should whistle again. No, I, I won't. I won't. You guys heard me whistle already. Now we're going to start with the lyrics. Well, we all have a show we could watch alone forever. Then we meet that special person we try to share it with. Why were you so surprised that she is a channel changer? You should never let your lover hold the remote by herself. Don't make a scene. Watch what she wants. Soon she'll fall asleep right there in your arms. Ooh, then you can go back to your show. Just don't wake her up. Keep the volume low. That's not bad. Well, we all fall in love and we disregard the danger that she'll put on shows and movies that you do not recognize. So you hide the remote from your lovely channel changer. Now she's frowning on the sofa, shooting daggers with her eyes. Hey, now. That's good. I like that you used a lot of the lyrics that we like from the song, Recognize and the Disguise. Well done. Real fun. <laughs> I, I need Crystal here to do the high notes, and I can just do the low <laughs> register of that part. Where's Crystal? She's supposed to be I, here today. I mean, what she, she only works once a month. There's no reason we couldn't get her on. Right. There is no Billy Joel concert today when we're recording. She should have been here. I don't know what happened. How rude. Well, folks, that was The Stranger. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. 
Are you upset we didn't do trivia? Do you hear the similarities between this song and the opening of Columbo? Of course they do. <laughs> yes, Dave. We all hear it, Dave. <laughs> Calm down. Sorry. Do you agree with the fans that this is a top 10 song? And do you think you can out-whistle me and Dave? Send us your best whistle, and we'll put our favorites in the wrap-up show. Cool. Great idea. We want to hear those. Yeah. Hit those high notes for us. Yeah, you think you're better than us? I think they are. Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. You may never understand how the stranger is inspired, but he